Uncle Chavez. Keeping up with the Joneses. Hello. <laughs> I can't remember how we do this. Welcome. Oh, my God. Episode 255 of Keeping Up with the Joneses. I'm Alan. <laughs> I'm AJ. <laughs> and this is how it started already. Yeah. Give me a quick catch up on this week. Bearing in mind that we recorded the last episode four days ago, so technically a week has not passed. Oh. But a lot has happened in one week. Yes. Uh, you know, just life is busy. It's so busy. That's what you're leading with? Well, I actually, I tried a new restaurant. I got to go out and celebrate a friend. I think we're overlooking the fact here that I managed to email all of our staff about looking for a new counselor, thinking oh, I was only emailing like a new counselor. <laughs> We had a guest speaker come to Gray Center and speak to our staff, and yeah. I, you know I was really impressed by him. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking for a new therapist because I haven't seen one in a year. And you know, and good lord, you need to see a therapist. Yeah, yeah. and so you yeah. know, I've been asking around for recommendations, and I knew he was coming, so I thought I want to wait and see what this guy's like. And you know, I quite liked him. So thinking I was emailing him and only him and only him, I actually managed to email my whole the entire staff. The entire staff. Yeah. So I quickly followed up with, well, there's me modeling. Uh, asking for help, asking for help, you know, and how not to use, and how the, not reply to use the reply all button. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. for some odd reason, that stands out as a notable thing from this week. But I no, could go see on. Where it would. Tell me about your restaurant. I went to. It's called Rose Pony, and where is it? Uh, it's up. I don't even know what that area is called. H- Highway One Hundred up Belmedish. Kind of food, is kind it? of way all all kinds, but it's it's um, you know, it's sort of farm to table type food. Uh, I really liked it. The food was so good. Um, And got to have just a nice time hanging out with some girlfriends. So it was really good. I didn't hang out with any of my girlfriends this week. Yeah, that's probably good. (laughs) I gave up girlfriends for Lent when I picked one. Oh, thanks, darling. You were teaching. Actually, we were both teaching. In fact, almost all of our staff were teaching. Yep. Healing Life's Hearts Week. Yep. Did that. And then I've been teaching the prophetic class on Wednesday nights for the last seven weeks. So that's been... Mm -hmm. You know, going and today though I had no planned meetings for the first time in months. I know I left and I came back and you just powered through. I just got to check so many things off my list. Always a good feeling. I love it. I got to have lunch with David Wagner this week mm-hmm. at my favorite sushi place. I mean, how do you beat that? Friends and sushi. You email the whole staff. Uh, <laughs> oh, kindness challenge! I was thinking like so. Last week we recorded this episode. Yeah. No. When did we? Was it last week? Two, Two weeks, weeks ago, ago. we okay. released an episode about the kindness challenge. Uh, and it, I was thinking, like, we're supposed to uh, post, but I always feel bad about, like, hey, here's a post of me being kind to someone. Right. But I also want to talk about it. But yeah. also, I want to talk about being on the receiving end. Um, friends of yours, no, friends of <laughs> ours, sent you home with some uh, smoked brisket. That they was really did. kind because brisket's uh, my favorite food. Oh, it's so good. And I just had some for lunch as well. Uh, how have you been manifesting you your? <laughs> how have you been manifesting your potato monkey challenge? The potato monkey challenge mm-hmm. or kindness the kindness challenge? challenge? Uh, mostly paying for food for random people. Uh, interestingly, I don't know whether it's just because we've been in restaurants a lot. I've uh, most of my kindness has been challenged to our food servers. Okay, like just tipping really well. Yeah. Yeah. And then while also paying for other people's meals, like yeah, that's always a fun surprise. Yeah, I 
I couldn't resist yesterday. I saw the cutest lady else sitting by herself. This is the difference between AJ and I. AJ and I walk into a restaurant, and as the hostess is taking us to our table, we walk past this lady, and I look at what she's eating, and I almost take uh, some of the food off her plate because it looks so good to eat it. And I comment to the host, oh, I nearly took some food off her plate. Meanwhile, AJ's like, AJ says to the server, is there any way you could pay for that woman's meal? We had completely different thoughts. You wanted to bless her. I wanted to steal from her. Yeah. Yeah, we balance yeah, well, each other you out. Know, I, you know, I'm here to help modify your behavior. Yeah. <laughs> Are doing a very poor job. Of it. Uh, and I'm trying to think of anything else. Anything humorous our kids have said. Tia made some sort of reference to on Wednesday night we're driving home. And I said, hey, Abby, can you? Because she's got her phone hooked up so she can play her music. Mm-hmm. So I said, could you text daddy and get daddy to run the bath? And then she said, Daddy texts back and said he's not going to do it because of something you've done. And I sent back and said, I didn't do that. And Tia goes, tell him. And I can't remember what she said. And I said, Tia, that is not the way to get a bath run. Like, you, you have to actually use kindness. And she goes, oh, do tell me about your course of manipulation. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh. Hold on. <laughs> I was trying to hold my sneeze. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that I can. Was so funny. I was like, I've never. <laughs> I was like, I can make it. I can feel it. It's on its way. But if she finishes the punchline of the story, I'll be able to sneeze properly, and Chris can cut, and nobody needs to see that. Oh, oh. my gosh! Everybody needs to see that. That was but so. But the funny. sneeze hasn't left my head. Oh well, I oh. usually sneeze in twos and threes. So do you want to just like see what think happens? about your nose and God see if that has them? So, so Tia was picked up on your manipulation. I'm so happy we were recording that. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So she asked me when I was going to give her a course, and um, I forget whether she said how to manipulate your husband or something. And I was like, I'm not manipulating. I'm being kind. Manipulation is something completely different. In other news. Yes. We have started re-watching, go ahead and announce it. Oh, The West Wing. Oh, I love The but West Wing. But we started Wing. with season two, because historically season one was filmed in four, three aspect ratio. So we're missing all of these great shows. Yeah, but we've seen, I mean, how many times have we watched The West Wing? I mean, a couple of times, but there's right. such, there's so many of the first season but that are really good. tell me you weren't disappointed starting with season two, episodes one and two. Yeah, that was great. I mean, I was in tears the whole time. You were. I, I'm going to... But... Fictional it needs to be said that while tears. we're watching it, you are still playing a game on your phone the whole time. Yeah, but I wasn't in Something tears Something where about you're like moving little bubbles around or little oh, numbers. Oh, I'm sorry. Or... Two dots, woman. Is okay. my game not sophisticated enough for you? <laughs> no, it isn't. Mine actually I'm is unwind. challenging. Well, because it's written by Aaron Sorkin, it's all the you know wicked banter and the witty dialogue that's going back yeah. and forth and the you know. Yeah. It's oh, it's so good. If you haven't watched The West Wing, I maintain it's the best TV show ever made. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So we're back watching that, which is, it's fun. It kind of feels like we're sitting down with an old friend, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm quite excited. Well, well, our history with it, it started 14 years ago. It didn't start 14 years ago, but our relationship was started 14 yeah. years ago. So we, it was when we had our first child. You yeah. had our first we child. We bought the box set. Well, somebody gave us some advice. If you're going to yeah. nurse, you may as well watch, you know, box sets. This was before Netflix. Yes. Predates yes. streaming services. Yeah. So I went on eBay and bought all seven seasons. Was it seven? Yeah. It's in a deck. Seven or eight. I can't remember. It's in a decorated box. It's pretty. Yep. yep. And yep. we fell in love with it and watched it. And yeah. You, like Abigail walked in and said, what's this about? 
And I was like, I said, if I say it's about American politics, you know, you're going to yawn and turn it off. And it really isn't. It's about the relationships and the rich intertwining narratives yeah. of brilliant human beings set against the backdrop. But they could be a PE department. They could be a bunch sure. of librarians. Sure. The context within which it's set it doesn't and matter. And that's that's kind of the kind of stuff that Aaron Sorkin writes. Oh, I mean, it sells it, it. it's that's his MO. But oh, but such but wit Jed Bartlett empathy. for president. Well, I was thinking, Lord, isn't it bizarre that I want to live in a fictitious environment yeah. <laughs> rather than our, our present one? Also, it introduced me to American politics. I didn't know anything. We were watching knew, in Canada. I, I do sometimes think back to things I learned by watching that show, and it helps me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Our topic for this week is... Are you drum rolling? Yeah. Ready? Go on, then. How to keep going. It's, it, I didn't mean it to be a follow-on from last week's episode about how to deal with discouragement, but I had a dream this week. Yes. Why are you looking curious? <laughs> I'm like, why are you still stopping my hands? Do you think I'm going to start mm-hmm. re-drum-rolling? I know you. <laughs> Ta-da. The most predictable woman on the planet. I had a dream this week uh-huh. where I, as I, just moments before I woke up, I had a dream and I heard an audible voice quote to me, I think it's Hebrews. 12 where it says for the joy set before him he endured the cross yes and then i hear the same voice ask me do you know what your cross is do you know what your joy is and then i woke up wow i know what a way to start my day okay so i as i'm sitting kind of slightly bewildered thinking about that dream just going wow that was a really pointed dream i remember when Alex Seeley from The Belonging came yes. and taught on our school. Mm-hmm. And she made this statement, which I've heard other people say, but Alex was the first person I heard say it, so I'm attributing the quote to her, is that vision gives pain a purpose. Mm-hmm. As in, the joy set before Jesus was what helped him endure the cross. And, you know, if you listen to last week, we were talking about how do you deal with discouragement and the importance of having something joyful that gets you through the difficult season. Yeah. So... I was thinking, but because I have no experience with this, I would throw it to you. Being pregnant at times didn't look that joyful. Didn't look was that comfortable. Was it all the vomiting and uh, lack of sleep? I think it was throwing up in 18 different nations in the space of about no, we, three weeks. We don't want to over-exaggerate. It was only nine different nations in a period of eight weeks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't look good, but something yeah. kept you going. Well, I mean, exactly. I mean, that's a great uh, analogy. You know, in the end, there's going to be this baby. And so whatever the next nine months looks like, really, it's 10 months because it's 40 weeks, but let's not get into that. You know, you know that there's an end result. I mean, even when you're Wait, how? in the process uh, of let's birth. Let's get into it. Why do they call it nine months when I it is? No I just idea. did the math in my head. Yeah. Well, not every month has four weeks in it. So is that why? You know what? I, I, I don't really know. It's... Either way, it's still 40 weeks. So if most months are four weeks. Oh, I, I get the math. You don't need yeah. to explain that okay. part to me. Yeah. But from the way they count it, you actually get pregnant two weeks into the first month, oh, usually. So anyway, okay, don't go worry back. about it. Yeah. So anyway, the thought of having a baby yep. kept you going. Yeah. And even when you're actually in labor, it's like, yes, this is horrible. But the end result is going to be, I finally have this tiny human. Mm-hmm. So, and that's probably also why you forget how horrible it was and decide to get pregnant again. <laughs> yes. Mm, sorry. Yeah. Did you get like a flood of endorphins once you've actually pushed the baby out? Sorry, this is way too graphic. Like, Not that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> 
I got a flood of stitches. Does that count? <laughs> okay. Okay. Bad example. Bad example. Think joy. Think joy. Right, joy, right. joy. Joy said before joy. You. Yeah. I mean, the closest example I've got, uh, this is not, I shouldn't say closest example. I've got no close examples. <laughs> okay. Because unless you've given birth nope. to a watermelon, I have yeah, not. I haven't. <laughs> no, I have not. One of the examples I could think of was that season of life where we were going through uh, buying a house, moving a house, and completing our gr- uh, green card paperwork and, and having a having, baby. We had MJ right at the you remember that front so of that season. You yeah. were dealing with like I literally remember saying to you, which is awful, which. Oh, I repent of. But at the time, like I had no chip dot in my life. I didn't know anything better. But I remember coming to you and you're pregnant. And I remember saying, babe, the only way I can make it through this season is to not be available for your emotional needs. I, I just have to shut down my heart so I can get through this. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, I remember. I'm like, oh, it's good. It's good that I'm not about to give birth anytime now. Never mind. I shouldn't need any emotional support. I'm sure we'll all be fine. What? Why are you mad? I, I gave you heads up. I, I sent you a memo. I let you know I wasn't going to be available. Uh-huh. I'd just like to apologize. Yeah. So, Hang on. Sorry. I just want to make a note so that when I'm talking to my counselor, I can say, I thought of something new. <laughs> but I do remember vividly that season of, like, it's, you know, stressful. Oh, yeah. Moving house. Oh, yeah. Stressful building a house. Buying our first house. Stressful, you know, all yeah, of that. Everything. And But then on top of that, all the paperwork for a green card. Yes. And that's when they were like, you're ineligible, remember? Because you haven't fully vaccinated. Yes. Yeah, so then we had to hire a, lawyer hire a vaccination of attorney. And- all of that going on, that was a fair amount of It was pressure. crazy. It was crazy pressure. But and the- we had another family living with us at the time. Yeah, but that was joy. They were great. Yeah. Actually, I don't think I would have survived that season no, if they weren't living with us. There's no way we would have. Yeah. No no way we would have. Yeah. I mean, absolutely But it did no make way. eight of us in that little house. And then your then your mom came. Oh, I, I remember all of this very, very well. What I'm trying to remember is the joy set before me that helped me endure that season. And the joy was... That eventually you could be emotionally available to your wife. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something else? (laughs) I'm sorry. Did the middle of my sentence interrupt the start of yours? Yes. I I apologize. Yes, precisely that. The the lifelong dream of becoming an American was one step closer. Filling out all this paperwork, filing all these injunctions, you know, driving here, there, everywhere, going interviews. Yeah. The same thing with like, oh, the actual dream of owning our own home instead of renting. I mean, it was all leading to something. And I just remember that, you know, vision giving pain a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, and also the joy of a baby boy. Mm-hmm. And then also being able to be reunited in connection <laughs> and giving my wife the emotional support she needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on the tools we had, like, I'm not trying to justify it at all. <laughs> like, it was not a great solution, but no. it was the only solution I no. knew of at the time. Yeah. And we made it. Yeah. High five. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did. Anyway, I, I've been thinking about that and the importance of knowing what are you waging war against? Like if, you know, because scripture says that we're to pick up our cross and follow him mm-hmm. and our cross will change in different seasons. Yeah. Sometimes the cross is the stigma of the anointing. You know, you're being ridiculed at work for your beliefs. Yep. Sometimes the stigma is a difficult family. Sometimes, uh, not your stigma, sorry. Sometimes your cross mm-hmm. is a marriage. Sometimes a cross is your... Uh, you're being treated unfairly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Do you know what your cross is and do you, know, do you know what your joy is? Yeah. Like, what are you trying to head towards? 
which interestingly, at the start of this year, at the start of every year, I like to sit before the Lord and just ask him, what do I need to know about at the start of this year? And the Lord told me, like, this is a year about you finding your joy. Find out the people, the places, and the things that bring you joy and invest in those things, which I think we mentioned when we talked about why we went to Disney World. Yeah. One, one of the other things I was thinking about is how this is going to sound negative and depressing at first, but I don't think it is, mm-hmm. is that often the joy that we're looking forward to is not presently in our life. Otherwise, we wouldn't need to look forward to it. Does that make sense? The, so the motivating joy. So while you're pregnant mm-hmm. and you're looking forward to having a baby, you don't have the baby yet. So it's it's out there and you're heading towards it. Well, yeah. I'm I mean, technically house. you do have the baby. You know but what I mean. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Can you burp it? Can you feed it? Well, can you cuddle it? I figure I'm doing all of those can you things. Bathe it? Okay. We might <laughs> it's be already splitting having a bath. <laughs> a non-amniotic <laughs> bath. But no. like you know, yeah. getting a house, getting your citizenship, it's yeah. all on it's, its way. Yeah. And sometimes the enemy will use that to discourage you when it's the very thing that heaven's using to encourage you to keep going. Right. Yeah, that's good. What do you think? I think my only thought when uh, when you were saying that was that we're not saying you never arrive at joy. Like oh, it's not it's never, not out of never reach. Never get to joy. Um, okay. Never, never okay. arrive there. Uh, but usually, then there's a, a next thing that the Lord is pointing your heart towards. And but I was also thinking like you're you're talking about kind of big things, like mm-hmm. kind of hallmark things that would be like, oh yeah, I remember you know 2021. That was the year we X. Right. But we also are intentionable about intentionable. We we're are, intentionable. We're intentionable about making up our own words. Mm-hmm. We're intentional about realizing there are there are things that we already know that as a family bring us joy, and so we plan those so we have little things to look forward to that are attainable, mm-hmm. you know, and and kind of keep that joy spark going as we're heading towards the bigger things. Like like we plan Sabbaths. We plan Sabbaths. We plan uh we plan nice dates. We plan camping. Like with in the a few kids. weeks we'll yeah. literally go away camping. Yeah. And but that was planned back in January. Yes. So we plan like way ahead, uh, for to have like things that we know as a family we get to look forward to that are gonna happen. And then we have the big things that you're just, you know, listening to God and and heading forward. Yes, I, I want to explore. Yes, you're talking about we deliberately put in place things to interrupt the rhythm of life because we know life is going to be busy. Yes. You know, as Jesus said each day, don't worry about tomorrow because it's got enough worries of its own. Sure. So it's not that we're borrowing trouble. We're just anticipating that life gets busy and there we are troubles. We know how busy we are. We, so, we are very busy people. If we don't actually plan those, we're, it's never going to happen. Right. And then we'll be like, where did the time go? So right. we put those earmarks in. Yes. So literally we've got... And we try to hold that intention with, you know, we don't know what tomorrow's going to come. Yeah. Right? And, you know, we don't want to be those people, is it James, where it's talking about, oh, tomorrow we're going to do this, and then we're going to stay in this city. We're just like, okay, as the Lord wills, we want to steward things well. We so would like to. We have already booked out our favorite p- camping spots even for, for next, next March. year. Yeah. Yeah. So we put that in place. Mm-hmm. But then you also said something interesting, that also walking with the Lord when you hear big things, we also manage the tension and the joy in that. Talk to me about that. So... The Lord is speaking to us about big things. How do you manage? Because usually big things require big cost. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage the inevitable cross or cost that comes with that 
and finding the joy in that. I think, I don't know if you and I are wired a little differently. I think I have some kind of crazy chip that just says, hey, if God said do this, he's going to cover it. And I don't think of it much past that. Like, just like, which probably frustrates you. But uh, does it not? I just know, like, you know, with big things, often when the Lord's like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm like, yeah. I think the thing that frustrates me is not so much that. It is for me, because you're also a very high influencer, sometimes it's difficult for me to discern which thing that you're excited about is the prophet speaking, and you've heard from the Lord, yeah. and which part is the influencer speaking that you would like it to be the Lord. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And Because sometimes your faith and your wouldn't this be good look very similar. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I'm yeah. like, uh, you're because like all influencers, mm-hmm. you have a very strong reality distortion field. I'm actually not an influencer technically, but yeah, it's like my fifth language. Really? Yes. And yet you recognize the dynamic I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe we need to get you retested. <laughs> but that that whole thing of like, and it, maybe it's part of the shaper. You have a plan and you have yeah. a passion for the plan. Yeah. And you will see the plan through. Yeah. But also as a high shaper, I'm evaluating your plan going, I'm not sure your plan is robust as it would be. I'm, the difference being yeah. though, when it's the Lord... I just have a crazy confidence that I you do. I just sort of throw throw off the but how yes and go with it. It God said so. I don't have to. And think that works about really well. But probably where we've gotten into trouble with a very small t yeah is when that same faith is applied, but it isn't the Lord that's spoken it. It's Ages' yes. wish list has spoken it. Yeah, yeah. Would that would, be fair? I would agree. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So that, I don't think I get frustrated with the first one. I, I, I get frustrated at trying to bring the caution to the second one and not always being met as receptively as it is being right now. Yes. Because, again, as a high shaper, you want your plans to succeed. Yes. And I'm the turd in the punch bowl going, but, 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 but. Yes. I agree. Yeah. So in that, like, how... Okay, so you answered my question. You're like, when it's the Lord, I I know I will find the joy as I become obedient. Yes. So for me, it's like they're... You just head forward. Like, yeah, there's going to be potentially a lot of stuff you don't know. You know, yes, there's going to be there's going to be costs. There's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be whatever. Well, I've got something for you. Okay. I, I got a verse for you. All right. Which I'm holding up high. Do you want me to hold it over here? No, I don't. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Yes. This is Paul writing yep. to Timothy. Yep. And he says this. It's at the end of his life. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. He was just so happy. He wrote cards for, for Hallmark. Mm-hmm. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the faith. Finished the faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And so I was reading that and I was thinking, right, Paul, you know, obviously Jesus literally carried a cross. Mm-hmm. But Paul literally endured being shipwrecked and beaten and persecuted and et cetera, et cetera. You know, he bore the marks of an apostle. Yes. So he is somebody who is continually joyful. Yes. Even writing all of his letters from prison. Yes. Super joy. He would never yeah. know that he's in prison. Right. Full of joy and also enduring some of the worst stuff ever. Right. And so I got to thinking, like, what like what was his secret? But if you read First Timothy uh, chapter one, so a letter earlier. He says this, Timothy, my son, 
I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. The key to finding the joy to help you endure the cross that you're carrying is to dig out your prophetic words. Yes. Because they point to something and help you fight your battles and keep your faith, the very faith that Paul was saying he's clung on to all yes. the time. I would say that we historically do that. Like with, with all of the different big things that we've done, right. we've had dreams, we've had prophetic words, we've whatever. And when the road gets rough, because it will get rough, yep. that's just the nature In of the In this world, beast. you will have trouble. Yeah. Uh, then looking back at those and saying, no, you know what? God said... You know, and so actually I'm going to, I'm going to hold that up in front of God and say, Lord, I believe mm-hmm. you. And this is, this is what we heard from you and it's going to be okay. And, and, f- you know, using, you know, prophetic words, dreams, things that we've journaled about, um, to fight the fight. Because also us, I, you know, I, I, I would not be so haughty to say that everything we've done is at the command of the Lord. That's not what I'm trying to say. And yet, there are many things that we've done because we've received a command of the Lord. Yeah. And some of those things are costly. Some of those things are like people are like, oh, are you serious? You know, it's back to that example of pushing all the poker chips to the right. center of the table. Right. And you, I have to remind myself, I'm doing this because you asked me to. Not out of victimhood, not out of blame shifting, right. but just like, oh, I'm in this situation because you asked me to do this, and now I need you to part the Red Seas, right? So I can cross to the right. other side. So, and I think I think there is sometimes the perception that if God has asked you to do something, that it's going to be automatically it's going to be easy because God asked you to mm-hmm. do it, and that hasn't been my experience at all. Mm-hmm. My experience has been with all those big things. There has been uh, plenty of days where it, we've had to completely rely on God. You told us to do this mm-hmm. and this feels so hard, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever it is, you know, it isn't working right now. Right. You know, but God, you said, and so I'm going to stay obedient. And the joy for that is the fulfillment of that prophetic word. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I've been thinking about that dream I had about where everything's bleak. Mm-hmm. and dark mm-hmm. and then in a moment it switches and it's like charlie and chocolate factory and it's bright and colorful and me and jeff are sat on a, a park bench and we're looking at the just this brand new season that's come and you know jeff and i turn to each other and say oh people will have wished they could have sown then so they could reap now yeah and the beauty of of the prophetic that i remember graham cook telling the story about he gave a prophetic word to somebody about them being promoted and about favor and jobs. And then the very next day, the person being fired from their job. Mm -hmm. And so the person rightly being confused by the prophetic word Graham gave them. So they asked to meet with Graham and say, hey, you gave me this prophetic word. These are what happened. And so Graham was like, okay, well, let's first of all, just talk about the elephant in the room. I could have absolutely missed that. Mm -hmm. right? And if I have, I'll absolutely own that. And I'm so sorry. But knowing God like I do, I can't help but wonder if he knew that you were going to be fired the following day. Him. Right, he knows everything. Right, and knew that you would need a life raft to get you through the shipwreck moment of that event in life where you're fired. Yeah, and in his kindness, he's being previous. He's telling you, "Hey, you need to know this. 
And he's not, you know, he's not saying you need to know this so that tomorrow when you're fired. He's just saying, hey, you need to know this is what's going to happen. And that's your life raft. That's the joy set before you to endure this season, knowing that he's good and he's kind. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I love that about that's the prophetic. Great. Yeah. But if it's misunderstood, we're, it's, I think that's why Paul says don't despise prophecy. Hold fast to them because. Because sure. it's actually pretty easy to despise it. Absolutely. I think about, I know we joke about this, but I think about the prophets, the series of prophets that you got about meeting, uh, you know, a man that God would have for you. Do you remember that? And they, probably the mistake they all made is they all added timing to it. They added timing or what the person looked like or where they were from. I'm so curious. Mm -hmm. Or what kind of car they drove. No, people give you those words? Yes, you were going to drive a white Corvette. I was supposed to, yeah. Yeah, that was like... Maybe he made a, a white Tesla. No. Sure. I think, okay. speaking in it's tongues. The, it's the Lord, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Where was I supposed to be from? Oh, Washington State. Never yeah. been there. I know. So, uh, the intent was good. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, we, we, I think the beauty of the prophetic is that God gives us something that we might need. I think the downside of the prophetic is in our own flesh... We try and make that word what we want, not necessarily what it was designed for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So that makes me think of Galatians 6, 9, which is... Bible drill. Bible drill. Uh, Let us not grow weary, um, because at the proper time, we will see what we're looking for if we don't give up. I mean, it's essentially... Let us not grow weary in doing good. Yeah, doing good. Yeah. See, the brethren comes out in me. That's Because so the good. proper time will reap a harvest yeah. of righteousness. And so the important thing is that we don't give up. Yeah. Which is why we have joy to help us in, for the joy yeah. that's so before that, me. So that we don't give up. Imagine if Jesus gave up. I know. When I, when I went and did my postgraduate degree, I didn't want to do my postgraduate degree. So the context no, is... No, you wanted to skateboard. No, no. At that point, I wanted to be a dot-com millionaire. Oh, right. Okay, never so mind. So I just graduated... I'd been wooed by a large software company in California. I'm glad you didn't become a dot-com millionaire. Really? Well, I never would have met you. Love finds a way. Okay. <laughs> um, to misquote Michael Crichton. Uh, yeah, I, like at that season of my life, I just graduated. I'd just been offered a job by a large software company in California. California. <laughs> California. That's where they grow cauliflower yep. in California. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I felt like the Lord very clearly said no. Yeah. And then I felt like the Lord said, I want you to go become a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I hoped he didn't mean a school teacher, but he did. He really did. And so I went and became a school teacher. I, I enrolled against my, I, there's nothing in me. I literally remember saying, Lord, I'd rather bathe in my own vomit than be a school teacher. And he didn't change his mind despite my protests. Have you thought about how much vomiting okay. you would have to do Let's to just, fill a bath? Never no. mind. Okay. So I, I go and become, I go and enroll, I quit my job, mm-hmm. and I go and become a school teacher. And literally, hand on heart, the only reason I'm doing that is I think I've heard God say, I want you to be a teacher. I'm not even that confident, but like, you know, if I had to place money on it, I would say yes. And I remember the first week, I was sick, like physically sick. And I remember going home to Dundee to, you know, just stay at my parents' house because I was just super sick. And it's not that the Holy Spirit said anything to me, but I had this thought that I recognize now was probably the Holy Spirit. I recognized then it wasn't my own thought. And it was that verse about a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and will receive nothing from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I thought that my double-mindedness had literally made me sick. Wow. And if the only reason I was doing this was because God said to do it, 
then actually I should start with my double-mindedness. Like, am I? Did I make a mistake? Like, you've already committed. You've already paid your school fees. If you're wrong, then you've, you know, it's not that you've wasted a year. Like, you've invested in an area of your life, and I'm sure God will redeem it. And if you're right, you're being obedient. Either way, quit your whining. Like, nobody said that to me, but that was my thought process. And so I remember getting up very, very early, just as the sun was coming up. My parents, this is going to sound morbid, but it was really beautiful. My parents' house at the time lived near a cemetery, and the cemetery was on Balgay Hill. It was a big hill, and it was tiered, and it would overlook the River Tay, and the sun would come I up. remember the cemetery. It, it's, in many ways, so beautiful. It's a, you know, it's a park attached to it. And so I just got up super early as the sun was coming up, and I took my Bible, and I went and read the seven letters to the churches in Revelation. Mm-hmm. And they, each letter ends with, to him who overcomes, I will give. Mm-hmm. And there's a promise to those who overcome. Now, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize that doing a postgraduate degree and something I didn't want to do is somehow overcoming. But it was like, I feel... Well, there was plenty to overcome. Right. I feel like God's asked me to do this thing sure. that in the natural self, I don't want to do. Hand on heart, the only reason I'm doing it is because I think it's God. Mm. And I just remember thinking, God's going to credit it to me as righteous. Whether it was God or whether it wasn't, I believe it was. And so he's going to be like, you're ador- even if I miss it, you're adorable and I love the effort. A for effort. Yes. And if it was him, it's like, hey, well done, good and faithful servant. You did the thing. And I just remember that whole thing of like that the, the seven overcoming promises were such an encouragement to me. And that literally became the joy set before me while I endured doing something I didn't want to do. Was the promises. Well, the promises. Like, yeah. okay, Lord, I'm going to get a new name that nobody knows. And, you know, I'm going to get to sit with you on your throne. And I'm going to get, you know, white robes and all these things. Like, there was a promise. Like, okay, you know, I think Chris Valton says it this way. You know, everybody wants the testimony, but nobody wants the test. Yes. And so my encouragement to all of you who are listening is keep going. Like, don't give up because you will reap a harvest of righteousness allow the joy if you don't know what the joy is find the joy find the joy by digging out your prophetic words but keep going don't quit keep progressing fight the good fight with your prophetic words sounds good all right listeners question there is one aj jones are you ready for a listener's question i think so you think so we'll see you want to see what the question is yeah i might like say Alan Jones, are you ready for a listener's question? This is a question from Marie. Yeah. It's kind of similar to the question we answered last week. Okay. About like what, you know, what to do when you realize you've made a mistake in relationships. Yeah. This question introduces the element of finances. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what do you do if you've made a mess in a relationship that has a financial component to it? For example, you borrow a friend's, insert item, uh, pressure washer. Okay. Uh-huh. Somebody should borrow your pressure washer because it's not being used here. If you need it, you just let me know. You can come get it. Okay. Well, hold on. Answer okay, this sorry, question first. Sorry, sorry. And it gets broken yeah. and you can't afford to repair it. What do you do in that situation? Oh, yeah, that's tricky. I think you have an honest conversation. You know, like here's the thing. Uh, I have, I think, I'm trying to think. I had, I had... Uh, friends when I was uh, 20 years ago where I remember asking hey could I borrow I think it was your camera or something like that for something and this person said I would love to lend it to you however I cannot afford to replace it you cannot afford to replace it and so I think it's better for a friendship if I don't lend it to you well that's wisdom but he said, if it was something I could afford to replace, I would happily lend it to you. But because it isn't, and I do need to use it, 
I I'm not going to lend it to you. Mm. And I was like, oh, that seems really wise. I have occasionally borrowed things where something has happened and it's gotten broken. And uh, I just have saved up money to replace it or taken an extra babysitting job or two or whatever to make the extra money to replace it. But how did you, like when you return it, do you just own up to it? Like, yeah, how have you I, I wrecked this or I broke this or whatever. And I'm really sorry. And here's my plan for how I'm going to replace it. Okay. You say what your friend said about the camera, and it instantly makes me think of this quote that John Paul Jackson said. Okay. He said that before you ask to borrow money from a friend, ask yourself, which one do I need most? <gasps> wow. Like money or the friend. Or the friend. Oh, yeah. wow. Because it does put a wedge between friends. Yeah. One of the, I don't, I mean, I'm sure we've talked about this, or whether we just arrived at this conclusion together, but as a general rule of thumb, you and I don't lend things. First of all, we don't lend money because it, yes. it puts a wedge between people. Right. We'll give money. If, it, if it's ours to give if, and we're we able to give, give it, it we'll and give the it. Lord's saying to give it, we would sooner just give away money rather than lend money. Mm -hmm. But also same with things. Like I'm not going to borrow something unless I know I can be financially responsible to replace it. Yes. I'm, I'm not going to ask to borrow it. I'm, you know, if somebody offers to borrow, you know, or lend it to me, I'm not going to do it. And the same thing with me. I'm not going to lend something to someone. Well, first of all, I'm going to do my due diligence. Like, do you treat my stuff the way I would treat my stuff? In which case, I'm not going to lend it to you. Um, but the same sort of thing. I'm, I'm going to, if, if I Wait, can't if afford to replace it. if they treat it the same way you treat it, you're not going to lend it to them? No, if they don't treat if things don't, the way I okay. treat them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, for like, example, you know, if... um. Like, I have a lot of nerdy equipment. Gadgetry. And there's people I would happily lend it to because I watch the way they take care of the things that they've sure. been trusted. Sure, And then there's other people who I watch the way they handle things. And I'm like, yeah, you're, no, no, that not, won't happen. Not today, sports fans. Right. But, uh, and the underlying principle is, can I afford to replace it and can you afford to replace it? Right, because and if the answer if, is no. If the answer is no, then, then on some level you could be risking a relationship, which to me is more important. But that wasn't quite the question she, you know, there, she was asking. She was asking, like, if this has happened, how do you do it? And I think if you're the perpetrator of the badness, mm -hmm. you go to them and you own it instantly. Like, yeah. I remember when we lived with John and Carol, who was my first time using their snowblower. It wasn't your first time. Oh, it wasn't? No. I thought it was the first time I was no. using my snowblower. Well, let's just say I didn't have a great let's track Let's imagine record. it was Close to the first time. And I used a snowblower, and I drove the snowblower right into the front of their house and damaged the decorative fascia of their house. Yep. I don't even know how to replace that or repair it. I've got no idea how to fix it. I, you know, so I just have to, you know, and what made it worse is I'm trying to do them a favor and yeah, make things worse. they're flying home, and you're like, I'm going to snowblow the driveway so they can drive in, and then you ran into the side of the house. And, I mean, you know, yeah. now, thankfully it was a decorative they were able to the, fix it. But yeah. it's like, you know, what I do, just pile of snow up there and hope nobody notices. No, like you need to own it. Yeah. And just say, I damaged your house. Yes. While trying to do this. I don't know how to repair it. And nor am I expecting you just to take care of it. I don't have to do anything. Please let me know what I can do to fix it. Yeah. Don't do the thing where you, you know, you damage something and then you go to a store and buy a new one to replace it. And like don't when, tell them. When your kid's goldfish dies yeah, and you, you go replace and buy one, a new fine. goldfish. No, own it and just say, hey, listen, I damaged this. I went and bought a new one. Yeah. So, yeah, just like own up to your mistake. And I know it's terrifying because you're filled with fear. You're maybe filled with guilt, maybe filled with shame. 
but it's responsible to do. Let me go and, one step further. But I was going to say, if you can't afford to fix it, then that's where it's like, okay, talk to the Lord about it. Come up with a plan. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Are you going to maybe work some extra hours? Are you going to like make sure it's still on you that you're not sort of looking at the person going, but actually, you know, I broke this thing, but I'm you have enough money to like. <gasps> oh, that's you know, so rude and so um, dishonoring. So you know, uh, I'm I'm sorry. You know, L- let me flip the question. Okay, around, make it one step worse. Oh no. What if in this friendship you're not the person that's damaged it, but you're the person who's lent something to somebody and they damage it and they haven't owned it. Now what do you do as that friend? Well, I'm never going to lend them anything again. I don't want to make an inner vow, but <laughs> that you go straight but, to that? You don't there's no other steps? Well, I would I don't know. I mean, it probably depends what level of friend are we talking about? Well, would you confront them as where I'm Yeah, going? of course. You would say, "Hey, hey, this came back and <laughs> it's not supposed to make this sound when you shake it." <laughs> yeah, I would. What if they're like, like, "Oh no, it was like that when you gave me." I I would be like, well, it really wasn't. And if they want to hold to that, that's fine. But I'm not going to lend you something again. Right. You've just you've just proved to me that that's you've, not a good decision. You've just been moved to the outer ring of the, of lending, the lending circle. So, yeah, the lending yeah. circle. Yeah, yeah. But I think for the most part, we try and only lend if if we can be like, hey, if that gets wrecked, I'm I'm I don't need you to do something about it. We, we lent our uh, aging minivan to a friend. Uh. <laughs> no, like just aging. It it's aged. <laughs> it's eighteen years old. It's past aging. It's, it's. We weren't using it. Uh-huh. And a friend said, "Hey, is there anywhere we could borrow?" And we're, absolutely, it's one of the most responsible people we know. Absolutely, no problem. And so they returned it, and they, you know, they quietly just said, "Hey, I just want to let you know that." Uh, you know, I, I don't even remember what it was when I took it to. It's uh, making a sound. Or no, something. no. When I took it to a parking lot, you know, I came back. I realized somebody had opened the door. Into I don't even know if that was the thing. It, yeah. it was something minor that happened, or you yeah. know, I was unloading the car yeah. and the cart rolled on the side of the car, and I was like, uh, you could just guffaw. I was like, I, I guffaw. You know, I, they were so earnest, and and I appreciated it. And yeah. I wouldn't think anything less. Yeah. You know, of course they're going to do that. That's who yeah, they yeah, I know yeah. them to be. But I was yeah. like. Trust you know me, what? it's that, fine. It's had yeah. three nasty children spill milkshakes all over the inside. Like it's it's totally okay. You just call their children nasty. No, their milkshakes yes, are nasty. Yes, yes. I hope that's what I said. Anyway. No, you said nasty children okay. spilling milkshakes. Nasty behavior. Wonderful children sp- spilling nasty milkshakes. Anyway, own it. Own it. You know, own you've it. already made the mistake. Have the conversation. Have a conversation. Yeah. Own it. Always go in humility, and then also get good at extending mercy if you ever want to be on the receiving end of mercy. Yeah. For sure. It's like I I borrowed my friend's Tesla while he was out of the country. Yeah. And it is a car I cannot afford to replace. Nope. But you better believe I want to check with my insurance that, hey, if something happens. Right. Okay. I can't afford the premium on my insurance. Yeah. If something happened. Yeah. But like I, uh, that's but what goes through my head. But you have to know that. Otherwise, I want to know that. Don't bore the Tesla. No. I'm, so, you know, like absolutely Because not. otherwise, it's now your friend's problem and it shouldn't be. No, because yeah. it was my problem. So. Yeah. Yeah, responsible living people. It's a Woo-hoo. glorious thing. I think I just hashtag spat at everybody. Adulting. We don't need any more hashtags oh. after two weeks ago. No, hashtag no hashtags. Yeah. Post nothing. Okay. All right. If people want to ask questions, where if we can talk meanderingly, where would you go? Questions. You would go to allenandaj.com slash ask. And, if, and take away your that's pro. right. If you would like the show notes, you can go to allenandaj.com slash 255. And 
If you would like to see our beautiful faces and not just hear our lovely dulcet tones, you can go to, take it away, Alan Jones. AlanAJ.com slash join to become a member, get access to our video archive of past episodes, get priority Q&A, and get discounts on our products. Sounds good. AJ Jones? Yes. Say goodbye to the people. Have a wonderful week. That sounded menacing. Say goodbye to the people. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I'll still be here next week, guys. Hopefully we'll see you next week. (laughs) Yeah. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee. They are just like you and me. Alan and AJ. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. Sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God. And everything under the sun. If you are a human being There's something here for everyone